Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. Would you please pray with me? Oh God, we thank you. We thank you for the child born in a manger so long ago. We thank you for family and friends that we are able to gather together with to celebrate this evening. And we thank you for your word, for the, how it, it guides us and shapes us, and it helps us to know you more fully. So, Lord, as we celebrate this Christmas Eve, we pray that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Amen. You know, I love silence. I really do. I think that's one of the things that I, that I absolutely love um, most about uh, this season and about this evening. That there's, there's a lot of silence that goes with the celebration of Christmas. You know, I, I got here early this afternoon to, uh, to prepare for our, our three services uh, that we had. And I spent time here in the sanctuary just walking through the pews and, and praying and, and allowing the silence just to, to minister to me uh, before all the, the, the big ramp up to our, our three services today. I even had the opportunity, besides the little fun that we had in between the eight, 5 o'clock and the 7 o'clock service, to, to have some more silence just to, to wait and to listen. I'll do the same thing after the uh, 7 o'clock uh, wraps up. But the thing that I love the most is after the 11 o'clock service is done and the, the clock strikes midnight and it is Christmas Day and I'm walking around turning off all of the lights, making sure all the candles are blown out, making sure all the doors are locked. Just, again, that, that silence that's there, that's giving, giving comfort, giving peace, giving, giving a sense of, of holiness to this particular time that I think, unfortunately, we have a tendency to miss out on because our lives are just cram-packed full of activity. You know, you're, I'm probably like you tomorrow, you know, going to get up early, going to fire up the grill and start getting everything all ready to go for a family that will be coming over. Or, or you may be hopping in your car, getting all the kids and grandkids together to, to take off and all of that busyness, all of that hurriedness, all of that stuff will fill the space that we have. But, but tonight, as we celebrate the coming, the birth of Christ, we hold the silence. 
there's a scripture, a scripture that we, we looked at at the very first Sunday of Advent when we were talking about the prophet Isaiah and, and the words that he came and, and, and gave to the people of Israel way back when to foretell of the, the Christ child and all that Jesus was, was coming to do. I thought it would be appropriate that as we talk about silence, as we talk about the holiness of this evening, that we take a look at that passage again from Isaiah chapter 9, only verse 6, where Isaiah says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You know, if we really think about it, it's a silly beginning. We talk about someone coming to reign, someone to, 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 be, to have the entire universe under his authority. He comes as a baby. He comes as, as, as the most vulnerable thing that you can think of. A baby can't take care of itself. A baby can't you know, feed itself. You know, we know all the things that babies can't do except cry. But, Je but, but Jesus came in the form of a child because of the importance of that act. Last week, we talked about how, how Jesus came and, and that name Jesus meant that he's one who saves, but he was given another name called Emmanuel which means God with us. That, that, that the God who, who, who gave his life for us came to, to dwell as one of us, to experience life as we experience life. He came to suffer. He came to laugh. He came to cry. But most importantly for us, he came to die so that we may be saved. <clears throat> and, and the reminder of that is that sometimes we get, we get stuck just in that moment where we say all we have to worry about is that Jesus has saved us, but wait, there's more. There's a whole lot more. Because what Jesus calls us to do, he then calls us to go out into the world just as he went out into the world. See, the prophet Isaiah, he gives us these words to remind us that there is a lot more that Jesus came to do. Isaiah gave him these titles. First, a wonderful counselor. And we see how Jesus was a wonderful counselor to his disciples and to us as we, as we dig into the Gospels and we, we get a hold of his teachings and we, we try to live out what, what Jesus calls us to do. But something else that counselors do, counselors, they, they challenge you. They, they call you to do something 
different with your life. And that's what Jesus did with those that were in authority around him. He, he pushed the Pharisees. He even pushed the government that was there around him to a point where it caused him to lose his life. There were times where Jesus seemed to be on par with what the government was telling him to do when he says, you know, we need to give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. But then he turns around and says, you know, there is a kingdom that is more powerful than Caesar's kingdom. And that is the kingdom of God. That is the kingdom that we are called to bring here on earth as it is in heaven. They're challenging words, but with Jesus as our wonderful counselor, we can lean into his teachings and see how we are called to take care of the least and the lost, to those who are oppressed in our world around us and help them experience the love of God in powerful ways. Isaiah goes on and says that he is the mighty God and somebody who was full of healing power. I remember a story in John chapter 5 where, where Jesus is going by this pool in Bethsaida and, and they see all of these people sitting around the pool and, and they're, they're wanting to be healed. And he sees one gentleman who was, who's been sick, paralyzed for about 38 years. And he walks up to this gentleman and he says, well, why aren't you going into the pool? And the guy says, I don't have anybody to help me. And Jesus looks at him and says, well, do you want to be healed? And he says, yes. And my friend, Jesus comes to us too, and he asks us, do we want to be healed? Do we want to know the healing touch that comes from Jesus? There's this healing touch that not only sets people free from their disease, but calms still waters, provides food for, for thousands upon thousands of people. That brings hope to people who no longer have hope. Now, I'll have to admit, this third one kind of throws me a little bit because we know who the Father is, but Isaiah calls Jesus the everlasting Father. And what Isaiah is doing there, he's reminding us of what Jesus tells his disciples later in the Gospel of John when, when they're questioning who he is. He reminds them and says, look, when you see me, you see the Father. When you see me healing, when you see me showing compassion, when you see me doing all of the things that I do. Those are the characteristics of the Father, and he has sent me so that you can have a glimpse of who the Father is. Such a, a, a powerful witness, such a, a powerful picture for us to know that, that God is not this this mean judge that wants to spite us or, or to make sure that we pay for every single sin that we have committed. But he is a God who loves us and cares for us in a way 
that frees us, frees us from our sins so that we may have life and have life abundantly. Finally, Isaiah talks about Jesus being the Prince of Peace. What better picture of peace do we have when Jesus, knowing that he was going to be turned over to the Romans, knowing that his own people were going to spit, curse, whip, beat, all of these things even to end by hanging on the cross. He, he hops on a donkey and he rides into Jerusalem proclaiming that peace comes through Jesus. That this is a peace that passes all understanding. You know, sometimes I don't even understand the type of peace that Jesus can give us. But I hold on to that promise that that peace changes things, that that peace allows us to, to move forward in our lives so that we may have life and have life abundantly. My friends, Jesus did not come to earth to sit as the king to break our will. Jesus came on earth so that we can participate in building God's kingdom around us. So that's one of the things that I love about, about the Christmas story. It, it is about building a world, about building a kingdom that allows people access to the throne. That's one of the things we do as a church. We, we know that we, we have a great place to worship, and we know that we, we have great friendships and, and, and great, great partnerships around, but when we don't use those partnerships to make the world better, then we are failing as followers of Jesus Christ. I'm going to invite the ushers to come forward, and as they come forward, we're going to prepare to take our offering for this evening. And one of the things that I love about our church is that over the past three years, actually the past four years, every year that I've been here, we have given away our entire Christmas Eve offering because we know that God is so generous and that God uses that generosity to bless others. This year again, our Christmas Eve offering will go to the Royce City Independent School District to help pay for those students who may not have the ability to pay for their own uh, school lunches. So, uh, about three years ago, talking with the principals over at Davis Elementary, I saw and heard how much of a, a disaster that is. And it's not because the school district wants to, isn't doing anything. They're doing all that they can, but there's just always something else that can be done. So for the past two years, Davis Elementary has had all of their students being able to partake of the school lunches. And as we take this offering today, let us remember that it is just one step, 
one step that we can do to, to, to be a part of the work that Jesus has already started around us. The Prince of Peace, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, all of those things wrapped up in our Savior that invites us to participate with him. So as we prepare for our offering, would you please go to God in prayer with me? Let us pray. Dear God, we thank you. We thank you that uh, tonight we celebrate the birth of the Christ child. And we know how much the Christ child has, has made a difference in each and every one of our lives. Help us to be a part of that, that kingdom work that you have called us to be a part of. We pray a blessing over this offering. And, and we pray that you just continue to use it and multiply it so that children can have what they need so that they can make it through a school day knowing that their needs are taken care of. Bless this offering. Bless this time together. And bless our worship of you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.